The Koi Gig Part on Off The Ball. I don't like it. I want to be up there in Group A. I don't care who we get. We should be up there competed against them. But, you know, as you said, we're going to win that group and then get promoted, hopefully. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. You know, that wasn't an All-Ireland winning performance. Probably should have won the game based on the second half performance. Is it a step too far to say it was the performance so far of the World Cup? Maybe not. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette. I'm, I'm, I'm scratching my head. That performance is just lacked that intensity. Starting in the red, lads, the usual. Uh, the sun- I don't know about you, but the Sunday 7pm kickoffs threw me off kilter a little bit last yeah, night. I absolutely hated it. I only realised it last uh, Thursday in the office. Yeah. And it was the total instinctive reaction in the office. I just let out a few expletives. I <laughs> couldn't believe it. Because that is a key time for the three of us. Like, we're planning the show at that time. And then this thing happens. And you were telling me, you were saying last night, oh, it's because of the bank holiday. But sure, like, it's bank holiday. You can do it at any time. There was no two o'clock game yesterday. Why was something happening in the UK at the weekend? Why was there no two o'clock game? Uh, then, and then made no Newcastle Arsenal the half four one. No, there were only two games yesterday. One at half four, one at seven. Yeah, there was. No, okay. But BT got the game last night, so maybe I, it was something to do with that. I think it wasn't it to do with the fact that Sky got extra games on the. So the Saturday half twelve game didn't happen because of the coronation. The three o'clock windows were shown on telly for the first time. Yeah, that was bizarre. I think maybe feeling. to quell all the you know everybody's been drinking from seven a.m. to celebrate what? the the king. They needed right, something they to do to um, distract them so the game today 3 o'clock Fulham Leicester half 5 Brighton versus Everton mm-hmm. and 8 o'clock Forest versus Southampton and Brighton and Hove Albion now they don't quite have it in their own hands but the Champions League qualification is right there for them is it? Yeah. I mean Europa I think is where they'll end up but they'll be happy enough with that well they're uh, if they win their three games in hand on Liverpool they'd be ahead of them right they have two games in hand on Manchester United Mm. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't rule it out and they've got to yet. make up eight points and Manchester United are in full swoon that's why they're in the red here that's what we're starting with capitulation mode I, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know where I wanted to start but I guess we have to start with David De Gea £375,000 sterling a week £19.5 million a year this man makes on wages alone uh, and currently his contract negotiations are up for renewal June is when his contract uh, is up if this is spot the ball where's the ball at the moment in the photograph that we have, we're showing probably right under nestling in their bottom right hand corner yeah. as you look at it does anybody notice very similar photo to last week. Cater Navis. Oh, yeah. Looking back in his cards. Looking back in. You can see sight, the ball. Actually. Yeah. Mm. Great sight. Uh, Do you like the pun? No, I missed it. On the hair out. On the way out. Oh, no. That's, that's atrocious. On the hair out. Could well, be. you know. Still, uh, he has the most clean sheets in the Premier League this season. He, well, according uh, to. He's a great goalkeeper. It's exactly what uh, Eric Ten Hag wants. If you're listening like, to Ten Hag, keep getting told by loads of people. <laughs> I have. Um, he's not leaving the club, by the way. I have live score notifications on for these games and I forgot to turn it off watching the game because it's no good because you're on a stream so it's kind of, I'm watching on a stream so it's like uh, five seconds behind. It's legal but it's just streamed like now and uh, I could hear the mm, 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 vibration which means oh that's a goal and I could see Ben Rama with the ball and I was like but he's not going to score from here like that must be a notification for a match report that's mm-hmm. in previously and when I left his boot my first reaction was oh no because I immediately felt sorry for De Gea because he's, like, he's just going to get it all over. Yeah. All over. And I, I imagine, I haven't even looked at our live comments, but I can imagine there's a lot of De Gea stuff outside of the stuff that we'll get to in the GEA uh, in a while. But I just felt, 
I felt terribly sorry for him. And I know you can't have too much sympathy for multimillionaires. And no, he certainly The guy's can't. had plenty of chances. He's been there at the club for now, was it 12 years this summer he'll be there? He's had no real competition for his place. So there's a bit of complacency seeps in. The middle of the last decade, he was by far Manchester United's best player in a crisis period for the club. But now he's kind of been exposed for his inability to to play were they just unlucky as well like they hit the post twice they created they a really few good. chances they couldn't hit the target the fir- yeah I mean they, out of all the shots they had they none on target but Bruno Fernandes nearly scored and Anthony shaved the post basically the same post bottom left corner in the first half and they were definitely the better team had to hit the target Marcus Rashford hit the outside of the post and they played really well and West Ham were hanging on so the Ben Rama goal came out of nowhere but look outside of De Gea's mistake United had plenty of time to close him down so Shaw Luke Shaw shoulders Mikel Antonio out of the play which is actually quite impressive strength but from there Ben Rama picks the ball up and then there, everyone just stands off him yeah, particularly freedom. Victor Lindelof just stands off and just keeps him backtracking backtracking and there's no need to backtrack that far out from your own goal you're about you're 45 to 50 yards out like just you can close him down the worst case scenario is that you'll foul him in the middle of the pitch and he probably won't get booked and to be honest, I think West Ham should have had a penalty as well. The Lindelof handball oh, for me was, it was a penalty. All, it was a penalty like, all day long. And what? Jermaine Genius in commentary was uh, no, I don't think it is. I don't know what I he think, was talking. No, about. I think he was like, oh, I've said it now. I have to stay with it. Yeah. I can't change it my was mind. a penalty all day long. Like. It was. He pretty much caught the ball. I mean, he totally moves around to yeah. get his hand in the way of yeah. the ball. Oh, oh it was it a was a penalty all over. And uh, in many ways, I was kind of hoping it was a penalty and that West Ham went tunnel up at the break just to see what United's reaction would be like in the second half might have been better if yeah it might have been a little bit better but they looked they, again they were actually quite decent in the second half and we've heard recently Eric Hag coming out afterwards were they? I don't uh, think they were. his players I thought they were okay but but the worrying factor is the fact you know this is two 1-0 defeats in a row they keep fading away against sides really regardless of Brighton's form this season they should be beating Brighton, Brighton and they definitely should have the upper hand in West Ham. I don't know. And I, then throwing away a tunnel lead at Spurs as well. Like it's low key being a very, very poor run for Manchester United recently. Yeah. Probably going under the radar a bit because they're not as interesting as they were because they're out of contention on both ends of the table. So but they're in the red this morning. They deserve, deserve to be in the red. But uh, at least on the WSL side, they're flying it. They're still top of the league. Chelsea have a couple of games at hands. They hammered yeah. Everton last night. Currently, Brazil and goal. Being nice to beat Spurs 3-0 yesterday. It was a first half hammering particularly. And then this Sunday coming, they're in their first ever major final, the FA Cup final against Chelsea. We'll have more on that with Daniel Harris. But not an all-round terrible day for the club, but on the men's side, yeah. atrocious. And Van Vycourse to 10. Sorry, but that's, that's finished. The, the, sub, the, the thing's gone. The subs bench is Martial, Sabitzer, Sancho, Dallow and Fred. And it cost a lot of money but it's really useless it's pretty useless you ain't changing the game with those lads coming off the bench uh, in the last half an hour of a match to try and oh, man, turn Marcia, things around his work rate is, is pitiful they have so much work to do in the transfer window so it'll be very interesting to see if um, Ten Hag is given any opportunity to do that or if it's going to be a period of nothing happening for a while because what happens if they don't qualify for the Champions League is the club suddenly worth less money? I mean, probably, yeah. Demonstrably, you would suspect it would be, and that'd be an opportunity for somebody to try and uh, jimmy the price down. So, uh, quite a lot riding on the next few weeks for Manchester United. Gary never made the point afterwards that it wasn't the worst thing that they lost again because it uh, makes Ten Hag's summer job easier again to uh, clarify and decide who he wants in and who he wants out. The one positive thing for United fans listening is that the, their away form has been absolutely atrocious. They only have one away game left. Yeah. It's against Bournemouth. I'll be at Old Trafford next weekend for the Wolves game, which all of a sudden has become a, an absolute must-win. I think Wolves are safe now having beaten Villa at the weekend. So. Well, that's it too, so Wolves mightn't have, have much to play for. Um, well, we might get to this with Daniel too, but why was Aaron Wan-Bissaka not a concussion sub? 
I don't understand how like they're fixing his head and like oh he must have passed all his concussion tests because that's how it works. He got absolutely clattered. Yeah, I actually missed the incident. I just over at that stage back. It is. It's horrible. On the uh, temple, Suchek's well. on the ground. Suchek isn't isn't great either. So Suchek continues playing. At least United took him off, but they took him off tactically. They made that clear because you can have a concussion substitute. It's a separate sub, and they just they took him off because oh we need Diogo Dalloan for an extra energy. <clears throat> But it's unbelievable. Like, like, okay, he may he may not be concussed, mm. but geez, it had all the makings of it. If the, if you had seen a concussion best bits on YouTube, that collision would be included. Oh yeah, he absolutely nails him. And like, it's not too dissimilar to the horrible Gary Cahill Ryan Mason incident mm. that ended Mason's career six years ago. Yeah, it's certainly. awful. He got away with it. Like, and uh, who knows? He like we don't know if he is concussed or not but it was just striking and it's like that's football's attitude towards it and even on commentary it's a bit blasé it's a bit oh, I thought he wouldn't have been taken off there for concussion and he wasn't and they continue football has a huge problem with it yeah, yeah. it's concerning alright yeah move on to uh, to Ulster Rugby which uh, I mean Dan McFarland I don't know what you say about Dan McFarland at this stage 15-10 defeat at home to Connacht with a home semi-final as the carrot on the end of the stick and they just couldn't get it done and you, you look at the last number of years that Dan McFarlane has been in charge at Ulster and you're thinking right so they haven't won a trophy since 2006 and that was the benchmark for the last uh, couple of years for the club it was it 2018 he took over um, and just the performance disjointed I think was a word that a lot of pundits have been using since uh, that performance at the Kingspan Stadium on Friday night and uh, this came the, the day after they announced 10 of their current squad are, are heading off at the end of the season so there was a little bit of emotion after the match saying oh, we didn't, couldn't even play for those lads Um and Connacht were just more clinical. I think Dan McFarlane said after the match it would have been a daylight robbery if Ulster had got over the line at the end and, and managed to squeeze out a victory. Um, so it, was, it wasn't just the result, but the performance. And uh, very, very disappointing for Ulster, I think. And everyone concerned? I think more damning even than all of that is like um, Stephen Ferris on Twitter the next day basically saying that, like, is there more to come around player unrest? Is McFarlane's time done? And then there was another question... And they were all rhetorical. And then somebody was like, well, you answer them. And he was like, uh, yes, there's more to come. Maybe McFarland's time is done. And then the, he was yes to something else as well. But Andy Friend, this is really interesting. Andy Friend met Dan McFarland for coffee in the morning of the game. Mm. And uh, McFarland is like, oh, you were jumping on the bandwagon there saying this is a free shot for you. Andy Friend's like, yes, I was. But it's not a free shot, but I was absolutely doing it because that's how this thing works. And it just seemed like they, they have genuine respect for each other and I don't know we've had Andy Friend on the show a couple of times he came to a live show we did in Galway and he's a really really impressive character so he's asking for people to have um, a little bit of sympathy with McFarland saying he's a really good coach and he might be a brilliant coach it might just not have worked out for him at Ulster like there's definitely a need for something different um, and, and I don't know maybe maybe it's as simple as their their 10 isn't good enough for this level because their back line is brilliant but maybe there's also that the coaching ticket has gone stale or something up there I don't know it seemed to be one of the other suggestions coming from um, uh, Ferris and his co- comments was that it might not just be Dan McFarlane it could be other coaches who are causing the issues having said all that right like the players who they're losing there's none of them that you're thinking okay they really need them for next season you know those 10 players who are mm. going um, like they're all replaceable and that's the you know uh, that's how professional sport works you do your time you do your contract you move on but none of them are going to be missed to the point where you're thinking oh they're really screwed now they've lost a, a real superstar player there are loads of 10s knocking around Irish rugby at the moment they need a better 10 than the one they have is it worth their while taking a risk on 
or trying to get somebody to come and play for them. Yeah, and a Super 10 and Jack Cardi kicking all the points for Connacht against them. Um, well, Did they resurrect Joey Carberry? And maybe, you know. Wouldn't rule it out. Haven't said that, right? If I'm in Joey Carberry's situation, I'm not sure I want to go to Ulster, which looks like, you know, we're back to the basket case scenario again. Now, Andy Friend's point is that... Uh, the disappointing thing with this game, if we lose, everyone's going to expect us to lose. If you blokes lose the game, you've had a bad season and you haven't had a bad season. That's Andy Friend's assessment of Ulster season. I think um, the rest of us are going to make our own minds up and it feels a little bit like it's been a bad season for Ulster because remember the travel issues and they got hammered to nil in the European Cup? It's like that doesn't speak to a team who are able to deal with whatever's coming their way. Well, he was asked, McFarlane said it was high up on his, on his all-time greatest disappointments Friday night, uh, um, as manager of Ulster, certainly. But the, the question is, is, have Ulster progressed whatsoever? Like they Lost in the last 16 of the Champions Cup, albeit to Leinster. Um, now they're 12 or 13 points, I think, better off than they were in the URC as compared to last year. But you still wonder if it's, if it's progression. Because then you see loads of players. Well, Jeff Tamag Allen is one of the players leaving, and he's been fairly crucial to Ulster this season. So there are, there are a couple of players in that list of 10 that you think, well, why are they leaving? They're very impressive on paper, but their inability to deal with pressure um, repeats itself all season long. Like they mm. finished five places and eighteen points ahead of Connacht. They've already beaten them twice this season, and then it's uh, it's a woeful display, like outside of the try. Connacht kind of kicking themselves to victory too. Like it wasn't even like they were particularly outstanding yeah. either. It, and it was so a lot of those penalties that Cardi kicked were mistakes, stupid mistakes by Ulster. One was a Marty Murr knock on later on. Like it's just like these are little tiny errors that Ulster could easily stamp out but have been peppered in their performances of late. So, yeah, from Dan McFarlane's perspective, you'd be, you'd be seriously concerned. But, um, yeah, Andy Friend's tenure rolls on. At least oh. one more day. All right. Uh, on to Amber. On to Amber. Bit of the Gaelic Games. Um, we have a clip here. We have a clip first. If you have to line that up, yeah. It's the Wexford manager, is it? Colin, what's the clip? No, it's Tom Dempsey who's yeah, speaking Dempsey, after sorry, the, yeah. the Wexford game. Uh, Wexford hammered, not hammered, sorry. Uh, Wexford hammered about 600 wides. Uh, in the game against Dublin you could hear the seagulls echoing around I think 9,000 people in Croke Park for Dublin beating Wexford in the hurling but uh, he was at pains to point out that hurling is missing a massive opportunity to promote the game at the moment My issue with GAA Go is that last year probably one of the best sporting occasions we saw on television was the Munster Final it had controversy it had uh, you know probably Tony Kelly standing over a sideline ball, yeah. the most dramatic sporting moment of the year. You had two counties that absolutely, and I never use the word hate in GA, but absolutely don't like each other yeah, or dislike yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah. You had every element, and then you had 50,000 people thrown into uh, Thurles. So we put that on television last year. We had a repeat of that this year with 30,000 people, with the stakes even higher. And we have a product you know, hurling, which I think is one of the greatest products, sporting products in the world. We need to promote that. We didn't show that to the uh, paying or to the public, to, to the to the to the GA public, and I just think that is absolutely crazy. It's horrendous marketing. So that was uh, oh, was that on Saturday, Saturday yeah. evening, Saturday five o'clock throwing. Yes, yeah, so that was on Saturday, and then obviously uh, John Lokusic said something fairly similar. Um, on the Sunday game last night, basically accusing RTE and the GEA of uh, using hurling to try and get GEA go up and running. Exploiting it was the word, yeah. Exploiting was uh, the word that Don Logue used on uh, the Sunday game last night. Um, 
This is uh, obviously, you know, Michael Verney in, in, on the Saturday panel with John Duggan on Saturday and then again in the papers today. In fairness, he, he obviously had written his column before um, they went on. Oh, I don't have it. Why don't I have it? There you go. Yeah. He was making the point that uh, the RT pundits have been curiously silent on this. Um, pundits are paid to call it as it is, but there's a serious lack of dissenting voices from those working for the national broadcaster who know that what, what's going on is clearly wrong. So in fairness to Don Logue, he came out last night on RT and um, said this is wrong that uh, he said he sat with the uh, head of sport in that studio and said why don't we change the logo to a little rugby ball up in the top right hand corner so I'd say Declan McBenna was delighted to have been um, name checked but not name checked by Don Logue in the middle of the Sunday game last night uh, does he have a point? Yeah massively I don't agree with the rugby part I think um, Jackie's response was good as actually to Don Logue which was um, totally understanding that rugby's getting as much exposure as it is we're world class at rugby so we should be showing it but there should have been a prediction of the best fixtures heading into this weekend and it's criminal that Cork tip Saturday evening was it on TV unbelievable like it's another classic monster hurling game that goes by and Clare this mythical team this year if you're only getting your GAA on national television three of their four games are on GAA Go okay, I on. completely agree with GAA Go Just as a concept it's brilliant well, but there was, you, yesterday you, afternoon you, you was a total waste of time okay, you can't, you can't agree with carrying. it as a concept and then say they have to handicap themselves I agree with ev- absolutely everything about it other than the choices of the matches this but weekend then no That's one's going to subscribe but and you then could, then absolutely then, could subscribe well no one's going to subscribe to watch the Sligo and Clare matches they're just not. That's not going to take the number. If you over. work for GA Go, you're you're putting those games behind the paywall. Great for GA Go, but exactly. A lot can of people I, don't have it. Can I? But but they have the option to have it. Like they it's do. A, it's a very easy thing to to do. It's a very easy thing to get your hands on. It's a really simple and reasonable value. You would have to say uh, mechanism. I I think that uh, there's a, there's a fair point to be made about the promotion of the sport of hurling and. This is just the latest in a long line. They, there's a lot of lip service paid to the growth of hurling and some of that is actually on hurling people and their own insularity and they haven't demanded changes and they uh, they didn't allow Galway uh, play underage hurling in Leinster for 10 years basically took for that to happen. So, you know, they're not, uh, they're absolutely not without blame in this. It's true if if you look at um, what was the what was the League of Ireland LOI TV mm-hmm. I remember RTE made a big song and dance about oh we're we're involved in this and then the figures weren't great and then essentially they were like this is not for us we we don't want to be involved in this yeah now I'm not going to say Diego was ever in any danger of having uh, difficulties but they can't RTE certainly can't afford to waste any more taxpayers' money because they're wasting enough taxpayers' money at the moment it's been a really badly run organisation for the best part of two decades. And they can't even find a presenter for their main flagship show at the moment. Can they afford to preside over another loss-making venture? Like, you know, which is which really we didn't need because Sky were performing the service for the public already. Um, and so they're absolutely desperate to make it work. And the only way to make it work is to be fairly nakedly commercial about it. And I think that's the problem, that GEA people feel like we are being taken here by the national broadcaster, who we already pay €165 Euro to for our licence fee and now they're profiting off us again I think that's the I, like I, I do wonder like why, why are RT involved in this why, why, are, why is the national broadcaster spending taxpayers money on a, a venture like this when it was already up I, I just, that, that bit doesn't make any sense to me right um, but if you're going to do it then you have to make it work 
how are you going to make it work? You're going to put games that everybody doesn't want to see behind it? What's the point of that? Well, so if yeah. you were deciding the schedule, so you're involved in both, right? So you have your foot in RT, another foot in GA Go, and it's Friday morning, and it's your decision. Do you put Cork and Tip on TV or GA Go? Can I, can I ask, is, is there somebody else involved in that conversation? Uh, shouldn't there be, isn't this actually a three-way conversation where the GA are saying that, like, the GA who obviously own... 50% of GA go or whatever the, the balance is. I don't think that's ever, it's a joint venture. Do we know what the exact ownership is? I'm not sure. But let's assume it's 50-50. Isn't it somebody's job in the GA to say, well, actually, that's going to be three of Clare's Munster Hurling Championship games behind a paywall. And they were pretty good last season and they reached the uh, Munster final. And actually, maybe, you know, the way they play, they've got Tony Kelly, one of the game's most marketable stars who has... Tom Dempsey rightly pointed out was involved in one of the most exciting moments in Irish sport last season. Maybe we could like put him on free to air terrestrial TV, and maybe so it's that bit where they're the the GEA have decided that they don't want to promote the sport of hurling as much as the hurling people think it should be. And you'd have to say the hurling people on this point are right. Yeah. There are commercial considerations as well. But course. if I'm RT, I'm saying, uh, give me the money. Show me the money. Yeah. Show me the money. And if you're paying for ad, for ad time and ad space in, in those, uh, you know, at halftime of those two provincial finals yesterday, you're thinking, Jesus, we would have had so many more eyeballs if the... Yeah, but uh, like the, the, well, the, that's it, Shane. Like the problem is, like the Monster Hurling Championship is being sacrificed. It's like, okay, we'll use that as uh, an advert and a promotion to get GA go, which is fine. But the other issue is like, so we're in Dublin and you go outside here to the office, you go around the place... A lot of people are from, obviously, this area or thereabouts, or maybe Connacht or Ulster. A lot of people don't actually care that much about the Munster Hurling Championship. They're like, oh, that's fair enough. It's called behind GA Go. So you're actually still only getting minority, very loud minority voices like Michael Verney and Don Logue coming out and complaining about it. But it resonates with me in WhatsApp groups that I'm in that there was still a bit of apathy towards the fact that Cork and Tip was on GA Go and not on national television. People were quite happy to sit through two processions yesterday I'm sorry, in can the Connacht and Munster football look, final so football is just far more popular the general sentiment of Dunlough's comments I agree with but some of the things some of the things you were saying I don't agree with like I, I, I don't think everything's a conspiracy I don't it's think not, he, he's that, never saying it's a conspiracy no no I'm not saying that but I'm saying this idea that RT and the GA would be exploiting hurling and they don't want to promote hurling I actually don't agree with that I don't. I don't think. Well, they're clearly. But yeah, they are exploiting. Clearly exploiting well, maybe exploiting. It. Sorry, exploiting it. But I don't. I don't think they're purposely sitting down in meetings and going, "We don't want the game of hurling to grow." But so let's their, put it, those games off air. That's not their job. Their job is not to grow hurling. It's the GEA's job to grow hurling. Like, yeah, of course. But but the point was made on television last night that that obviously the considerations behind choosing which games go on TV lead to promotion yeah, or otherwise. But that's true. Yeah, it's true. But I mean. There are plenty of ways to promote the game of hurling and, 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 and showing their best players' best matches up against each other yeah, is, for sure, but is the, the easiest, quickest and then way. Don't make the point that you know, the, his, you know, his nephew or whatever could name all the Liverpool team and maybe can't name the hurling players, but that's yeah, the other, it's different. I mean, I, I do think the whole thing about the, the, like Liverpool playing most of their games behind a paywall, like the vast majority of the games yeah. are behind a paywall, um, apart from a few Champions League appearances if they're in the Champions yeah, League. Yeah, but that's because there's no equivalent of national TV exposure to Liverpool unless Champions League. It looks so, then, so you have to you've no choice but there's two choices here that's the problem how many more subscribers did GAO go get by putting Cork and Tip on it vast majority of people who get it get it at the start of the year 79 euro pay up front so they have no idea what matches are going to be shown well I made this point in Friday morning show it, it was heightened this weekend because resources by the RT were put into the coronation of uh, a king on a 
foreign land. What, what was that about? Which doesn't make sense to me. What whatsoever. was that about? It was already wall to wall and a lot of other I, channels. And I guarantee, I guarantee a lot of people watch this. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that a lot of people watch this. That, that, that's like, oh, it is. No, no, big audiences for shite doesn't justify shite. Yeah. That is, that is one of the most... Your side is subjective. Oh, well, no, it's not. It, it's not like they they uh, okay. they show Coronation Street and they show all this other stuff and they spend money on it. And they're like, oh, we make money on that. We make money. It's great. And loads of people watch it. It's like they could also watch it on ITV or on BBC. Do something. Be creative. Spend money on Irish stuff. Invest in in Irish uh, production companies. They don't do it. They take the easy route and it's like, yeah, we're going to show the coronation uh, look, uh, and we're going to show the funeral and we're going to send our, our team over. For It makes no sense. No. It makes absolutely no sense. It's lazy and it's bullshit. I, I'm not judging any Irish people who want to watch the coronation. I am a little bit, by the way. But having said that, you, like, go and watch it on the BBC. Go and watch... And people, I heard the argument made to me at the weekend. Go and watch that, it on the BBC. Well, it, 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 every country in the world is showing it. Yes, but our relationship with, with Britain, it turns out, is a little bit more complicated than most other countries. And also this argument that it's historically important to show it. Get on well, YouTube. Get on YouTube, or else... like It's not as historically important as the Queen's funeral, say, for example. This is a coronation. This is a political event, in my, in my view. Who cares? A monarchy. Who cares? It's a different part of the day. So what if it you doesn't want. matter. Four hours worth of coverage it to this. and resources. It's not a decision between both. Like no, but it's resources. Like they're it's pumping resources. resources just to get resources to show Cork Tip. Yeah, I mean you still will. Like yeah, the, but it's they, a different argument. They could have put those resources into Cork Tip. That's my point. It's not the same people. No, no, but uh, they, there's uh, budgeting might, concerns. It may there well as be. Well. The, it may well be the same outside broadcasters uh, trucks. But anyway. Uh, we're, all, we're basically all in agreement. Yeah, yeah. The exception well, the, the stuff. The, the, uh, <laughs> we were putting we were putting the uh, Munster and Connacht final in amber. Yeah, I was putting it in amber in the style of the Mosquito and Jurassic Park because that's about as relevant as they are these days. These games are busted flushes. We should not be subjected to the procession and coronation of the uh, Monster. Uh, and see what we did there. I just can't. Can't even muster it up anymore. It's like uh, sorry, the games themselves as well, and, and I watched them um, like two twenty to twelve points in favour of Galway against Ligo. It's hard to analyse these games because you don't know where uh, Galway exactly are at. But but it was a it was a solid performance, I suppose. The Shin Walsh was the talking point out of that match, um, and he probably wasn't. And even then, it wasn't. He was because it turned out he was ill. Yeah, ex- so yeah, it, was, it really wasn't. You know, but there was, so there was nothing after that. And uh, look, obviously, uh, we send our condolences to yeah. the Clifford family. Of course. On the the passing of their mum, um, an incredible performance by David, who obviously was quiet the first day out against Tip, and then scores two six yesterday. We we'll talk about the football a little bit later on, but uh, just remember that it is it is the taxpayers' money, it is your money that is uh, funding all this. So if you feel strongly about it, then get involved in the conversation. Mm, exactly. Um, so we'll move on to the green. Yeah, I guess. And uh, we have Cork Tip as one of our, our greens this morning. Cork four nineteen. Tip two twenty five. I'm sure you're. Buzzing this morning, column. I know, seen uh, despite yeah. the fact that you couldn't see it properly. Um, but by all accounts, it was a superb pulsating game of hurling. Fabulous. 13,500 uh, in Parky Cueve. 13,500. 30. Wow. 3-0. Is that yeah. like, apart from the Liam Miller, is that one of the biggest? I imagine ever so, had? yeah. I don't have yeah. it to mind, but yeah, I can, I can and imagine. And rugby. The soccer and yeah. the rugby. Yeah, yeah. There was a great uh, shot, one of the corners. Just It was so full and a beautiful evening as well. And like... I regret not going down. I should have gone down, but the alternative was uh, not there for me. Like we had Anthony Nash on Friday, and he just painted this incredible picture of what it's like on a Saturday evening under lights with the the blue and gold jerseys streaming through the city, and just how exciting the whole thing was. 
and how the romance of the Cork Tip rivalry is that it's the real rivalry that Cork have. Like it's yeah. you know massive, yeah, blood and bandages. Yeah. yeah, and that area in Cork as well is really coming on. Like it's it's always been like a very nice area, beautiful spot, but um, it's been developed massively. Like it's going to be the place to be even more so in the coming years. And you can walk from there into the city afterwards too. So Saturday night, Cork was buzzing. There was videos all over online, and our own Ashling O'Reilly was down there, and she said like the buzz here is incredible. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I am biased, Alice. but that was a neutral report. And then on the pitch, Cork trailing by five yeah. early in the second half, trailing by five again with seven minutes to play, and then that late burst of goals, what, 2-4 to 1-2 in Cork's favour in the last number of minutes, was just mad. Yeah, um, they're back. They are back, but it, it shows a bit of... Back. Well, they might not be back. <laughs> they might not be back. It shows a bit of resolve. Lovely greeting there for Quiddy. Thumbs up. Off camera. Yeah, yeah. Th- thumbs up, yes. Thumbs up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Tipperary and Cork. We, should, have, we, should, last. we should have a word for the under-20s, then, should we? We should, certainly. Sorry, yeah, of course, give a mention to the, to the two under-20 uh, football semi-finals because uh, bad weekend for Sligo in the Connacht final, but certainly the uh, the under-20s. Uh, the big dogs, is that what the, the captain called them? Yeah. After the, the last the match. The big effing dogs, is it? The big effing dogs, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll hold back from that one. But uh, one eight to nine point winners over Kerry, a fancied Kerry under 20 team at Pierce Stadium. Uh, and Paul Henry, the Sligo under 20 boss as well, dedicating that um, that win over the weekend to Dylan Walsh from Owenmore Gales, who uh, had his 18th birthday last Wednesday fortnight, scored the winning point in the Connacht final against Galway. And then in, in the days following, um, scarily was uh, rushed to hospital with, with meningitis. Uh, so that that uh, game at the weekend was certainly dedicated to Dylan um, but a deserved qualification I would say from from, from Sligo's perspective uh, held carry to six points in the first half scored 1-3 themselves went in level and they were playing against a strong wind so they had a standing ovation walking off at half time uh, and then the second half performance was uh, was brilliant and uh, look they're looking to secure a first ever All-Ireland crown next weekend they've never won a senior minor or under 21s or 20s yeah I presume the whole country is cheering for them uh, given the circumstances with the small pocket of Kildare the lone exception um, Kildare versus Sligo in the under 20s Kildare versus Sligo in the seniors yeah Good yeah. to see it. And Kildare's win in the 20s, by the way, against a, a very good down oh, yeah. team under Laverty. Yeah. Uh, Parnell Park, 111-2-7. Uh, Back 60, in the dead. That oh, was amazing. Jack McEvitt with the last kick of the game, sending Kildare into a second successive final. Um, and that game is going to be fascinating in the final because both teams will fancy it all of a sudden. That's an Elton Chan reference. Saturday night's all right. Couldn't fit the whole word in. Saturday night's all right. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, good, good stuff, yeah. Puns are on, on point this morning, Colin. Right, You've last one quickly. Yeah, we're, we're out of time. Yeah, Arsenal uh, deservedly get a mention in the in the green. Uh, Mikel Arteta said, lads, before the Newcastle match, he threw on the All or Nothing uh, Did he? documentary really? in the hotel to the Arsenal players. Really? No, I, he says he threw on one scene. He got them all to sit down in a room and it was a scene where Arsenal players are all dejected and it's zooming in on all of their individual faces. He wanted them to see themselves dejected, imagine that feeling after the match against Newcastle and say... Let's not feel like that. It must have been a direct reference to St James's Park this time last season. Yeah, yeah. correct. It must have been that game exactly. where, where uh, Granit Xhaka came out afterwards and <laughs> eviscerated his teammates. Yeah, so well, it worked. <laughs> Times change. Yeah, got to really give them credit here. This is phenomenal. Oh, brilliant. To recover the way they have recovered is is absolutely sensational. I think that we'd all thought that they were going to be flaky, and I think this really sets them up for next season. Yeah, because it did feel like there was a swoon coming. There had been one. I mean, if they could have just done this against West Ham or Liverpool or Southampton. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but the title race is not over. Uh, it, no, no. And we look. We talked. If they'd done it against one of those teams, you'd be like, "Oh, it's over now." Because uh, Arsenal going to look. They've gone to St James's Park and they won. They'll, they'll forever have that regret about what happened after going two 0 up at Anfield. Yeah. But the the return yesterday was great. And like we talked about earlier in the performance rankings, Ulster and how and pressure and their poor relationship with it. 
Arsenal on the other side, like in WSL, they beat Leicester on Friday night. They're always going to win that game, like well favourites for it, but to win 1 0 and to also stay in the uh, title race. Yeah. And then to do it on the men's side too. It's been a great weekend for the Gunners because uh, a lot of people looking at that game yesterday away to Newcastle thought trouble here and it's great for the Premier League title race because Man City ah. beating Leeds mm. it would have been all over really yeah. all over had Newcastle won and what a result to win it at St James's Park they've been phenomenal there this season and Odegaard's finish was superb as well you look at Arsenal's was pictures it? I think that uh, uh, it was yeah. miles out Yeah, it was miles out not supposed to be scoring from there but it yeah. turns out you don't buy a ticket yeah, you don't in, win the lottery the, it went through um, centre half's legs I think it was either well it must have been either anyway. Shar yeah, or sure. okay. uh, Batman this is top quality stuff lads but yeah yeah Sorry, Brighton at home, Forest away, Wolves at home. That's Arsenal's last three games. So, title race still up there. We're out of time. Just admiring a lot of good finish. Jeez. Are we done? Yeah, we're, we're done yeah. now. You've ruined, you've ruined it. There you go. go. Uh, right, that's this week's Gillette Labs performance rankings. OTBAN's performance rankings with Gillette.